everybody. Thank you so much for being here with me today on the Diana show. I am talking with Caprice Barrios and she is a young lady who is getting ready to go into high school. She'll be a freshman next year. Hi, Caprice. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. So Caprice and I have had conversations before and her mother's a good friend of mine. And, um, She's very, so Caprice is very inspirational because for her age, she is bold and she has bold thoughts and she's thinking and she's destined to be something amazing because I feel like watching somebody like her who is able to sort of like press through some of these issues and have a hunger to just like learn more. It's just an amazing thing at that age because literally I was like, I don't know if you even know what wet and wild is or if there's that kind of makeup, but I was like <laughs> yes, all about getting, spending my $1 and getting wet and wild <laughs> when I was your age. So I wasn't even like you at all. Oh, I love, I love that. <laughs> so, okay. So Caprice, talk to me today about what you saw with the, um, it was a representative that mm -hmm. made a speech. Yes. Okay. So I've like seen videos of her, um, a lot, like in, in these last, like since like May mm -hmm. and, um, she stood out to me because she's just like, so ugh, powerful and like, she's just so like strong. And then like yesterday, like her, uh, speech like went kind of like viral mm -hmm. about her because like some guy, like, I, I don't know what he did. I think he's like a congressman or something or someone who works for like the government. Um, like, basically said a bunch of rude things about her mm -hmm. and then she totally shut them down and it was great i love that and yeah yeah the she speech was amazing. amazing yeah is she latina yep she is and yeah. so what was she so mad about um well he had said some like really rude like unprofessional remarks about her yeah and and he tried to like excuse it with the fact that he has like a wife and kids and, and like daughters mm -hmm. and then she basically shut him down and, and, and said that having a wife and daughters does not make you like like it does not validate you being rude to women which is amazing mm -hmm. so my friend posted up I saw it this morning too so mm -hmm. my friend posted up and said watch the whole seven minutes I promise it's worth it this is AOC responding to representative Ted Yoho of Florida who accosted her Monday he made a non-apology yesterday on the House floor, and this is her response. He also denied calling her a quote-unquote fucking bitch. Sorry for my French kiddo. <laughs> However, a reporter overheard the exchange. For any woman who has ever been called a effing bitch by a man or demeaned by a stranger, and for any man who may have done it or any man who sincerely doesn't understand the treatment so many women, most women, experience regularly, this speech is it. So I watched it too, and... It's pretty powerful. And I loved yeah. how she was like, look, I've been a waitress. I've been on the subway. It's not that this mm -hmm. particularly language is like hurting my feelings, but I can't just chalk it up to like, oh, this is just another day because she has nieces and she has a mother and she has to represent women in a strong way and say that it's not okay to talk like that. Right. Yep. Is that what you got from it as well? Yeah. Uh, yes I she's so great like 
Um, I think she won. Um, it says on I'm look. I looked her up, and it says she drew national recognition when she won the Democratic Party's primary election for New York's 14th congressional district in 2018. Mm. So, yeah. What is that? Okay. What does it make you feel when you see old white man Trump running, and you see old white man Biden running? I mean, old white man Biden. Oh, I mean, why can't we have a strong, cognizant, like her brain is still functioning fully woman (laughs) that would run? Like, it just makes me so sad that we just are left with these two, like these two choices. Yeah. And like third party, like people never, ever win, like never, ever win. And it's so sad. And like, it's so because like, like in the twenty seven in twenty sixteen election, people voted for like people like Jill Stein because they didn't want to vote for Hillary or Trump. But if you vote for someone who you know isn't going to win, it's literally just like a throwaway vote, yeah. and it's bad. And the fact that they are only two options are those two people yeah. is really <laughs> upsetting. Well, I talked to my husband about it, Thomas, and he said that the reason that you're not seeing smart people step up and want to step into that role is because it's really kind of it's it's a hard it's a hard job unless you're just an egomaniac it's not really about like actually getting anything done anymore it's just that makes me so sad it does it does because gosh we need strong leadership so badly i know and i don't know it just makes me sad that like we i mean the cards we were dealt were just so not great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does it make you feel seeing somebody who's young and energetic and a female representing you stand up and not take it? Um, I think it's amazing. She's like such like, she's so powerful and like, she just like the way she um, like articulates mm-hmm. is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, it just makes me like sad that people use the fact that she's young to like invalidate the things she says cuz like i don't know what's up with old people and thinking like young people can't like can't form opinions mm-hmm. but oh yeah i love her she's great yeah she is pretty amazing okay so i'm going to go over some of the things we talked about last time we talked because as you know last time we talked the podcast got lost so one of the things i asked you when we first started was that your mom had mentioned that you were really fired up about current events. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about that at all? Like how you felt, say, right after COVID and right after George Floyd? Yeah, so George Floyd, like, definitely, well, after not being in school for so long and not being around, like, big groups of people, mm-hmm. I, like, ba- like I kind of just, like, I didn't. Like, when I'm at school and I just hear (laughs) groups of white boys saying the N-word, I am, like, painfully reminded that racism is very, uh, still very prevalent Mm -hmm. today. And then when something like George Floyd happens and it's just, like, such, like, uh, so upsetting. Yeah. And then the fact that, like, people, like, I think, like, the fact that people were so, like, like, they, like, like one day they post something and then like for the rest of the time they just for like they think that just because they posted a black square at the beginning of june they're just like like <laughs> allowed to just 
pretend like that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. What do you think that people um, should be doing right now? Well, I mean, obviously, not everyone can, like, donate to stuff, donate to certain things. And even if you can, it's kind of hard to, like, know what to donate to. Because, like, you don't want to give your money to something that you actually don't know where it's going. Mm -hmm. But, like, signing petitions is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And I, like, try to go through and, like, find ones to sign. Like, the Breonna Taylor one has almost met its goal. Like, thank God. How's it? Yes, I think so. I think I don't know what the number is, like the 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 number set, mm-hmm. but that still upsets me so much. Mm-hmm. The fact that, like, literally, did you know that they went into the wrong house? Like, they meant to go into someone else's, yeah, and they I heard went that. into her and just, ugh, um, yeah. But signing petitions because not everyone can donate, mm-hmm. and just like trying to like spread the word with people who might not know certain things Mm -hmm. i mean obviously like almost everyone knew about george floyd because it just like went so widespread right but like that doesn't mean black people still aren't killed super often that people aren't talking about it as much as they did that Mm -hmm. so it's good to let people like educate people on things that are things like that that are still happening yeah you know last time we talked you said something about like the the n-word being used at your school and that would have been last Mm -hmm. year in the eighth grade and probably through junior high is that right you've heard that Mm -hmm. yep and we live in a predominantly white area we have one (laughs) percent of black people who live here Mm -hmm. and i i think it's disturbing um and surprising for me i didn't i don't hear that but you're saying that that's true um, do you think that that's something that their parents are encouraging them? Or do you think that that's something that they're, they think it's cute because of hip hop? Or what do you think the deal is? Well, um, I don't think their parents are like directly enforcing them to say that. But I maybe like I feel maybe some of them, some of their parents views would l- allow them to think that that is okay. But it's like, it's so weird. Because like, okay, you're going around saying a slur to the black community but then you the only listen the the only music you listen to is by black artists so it's like how can you just so frequently say slurs about a community Mm -hmm. when the only music you listen to is from them like I just don't understand I hate how like normalized it is like it's like normal for white boys at my school to do that and it's just oh no yeah yeah that's so hard I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a black person to go to that school. Yeah, it's not. And then like white boys going up to the like the three black kids at our school asking them for a literal N word pass, and it's like, what? What does that even mean? It like basically that you're getting like validation from a black person that it's okay for you to say the N word, (sighs) and it's like, well, no. Yeah. I feel I feel so bad for like the three black kids that go to my school that have to deal with yeah stupid people at my school. Yeah, I think it's a um, I think that's a parent problem. Yeah, you know, because it's not a that's not okay. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I feel like obviously like there's no way to monitor what your kids saying at school. Sure, but 
there's definitely like a lapse there in judgment mm-hmm. where something that your parent did did or didn't teach you that you just miss that part yeah you know yeah coop went to uh i think it was um it was like a casual like i think it was like winter formal or something like that mm-hmm. or maybe it's homecoming and he went with a group of kids and it was he he went on his own he didn't have a date some people had dates some people didn't have dates but we took all mm-hmm. the kids in this big sprinter van yep and we took it was a whole group of kids all white uh mm-hmm. and then one black girl who's gorgeous looks like a model looks like she could have been the homecoming queen (laughs) and the mom who was driving the sprinter van was like hey come on and so I wanted to ride along just to you know get some maybe sneak a picture of Cooper or whatever you know like Mm -hmm. mom spy and (laughs) Coop doesn't listen to hip-hop um so I don't think he knew the songs but one of the kids was like hey put this playlist on so they put hip-hop on and the n-word was very prevalent and all the kids were up and dancing and singing to the song. And so was the black girl. Um, but I, I wondered, like, I wonder if she, I wonder if A, this is bothering her now. Like if she's feeling like a pang of like, this doesn't feel right. Or yeah. I feel self-conscious. And I also wonder when she's 25 and she looks back and she's like, yeah, I remember when I was the only black girl and all these white kids are singing this song with the n-word in it and so I think about it a lot you know and um, it's just one of those you know you you hear the term uncomfortable conversation at every turn now right and it's one of those things where it's like hey should we be teaching our kids that's not okay to use those words because I think so I think yeah we definitely definitely. should you know Mm -hmm. I just like I just like I cannot even like I can't even understand, like, the fact that, like, half the boys at my school will listen to that music Mm -hmm. and then just, like, think it's, like, okay for them. Like, obviously, listen to whatever music you want and, like, sing along if you want. But, like, it's not that hard to just not say a word. Yeah. Like, it's really not that hard. Like, even if it's in your favorite song. So, I just don't. Of course. Yeah. Of course, it's not. And it's a a matter of respect. So, it's uh quite disturbing if you ask me <laughs> yeah. um so I was wondering have you been posting anything online or do you feel comfortable posting online um yes because okay what, the funny thing is I post a lot on my Instagram story like if I see something that I think I should post I post on my Instagram story yeah and my amount of followers has fluctuated like oh very, yeah like one day like I had I had like um I I want to say like um nine 935 and then like two days later I checked again and it was like 928 and I was like oh you know yeah <laughs> oopsie daisies. I mean like it's like if you're racist then uh you probably shouldn't have followed me in the first place right but you know it's good to know that people who disagree with the things I'm posting don't follow me anymore yeah exactly I mean you weed out a few uh you know folks who probably (laughs) you know you don't want to align yourself with anyway and then you probably would end up gaining some folks I heard somebody um talking about you know like it's like this top 10 list to make your day better and someone said Mm -hmm. something about really calling out your 
feed on Instagram because I do spend a lot of time like um, like if the baby's napping and I'm sitting there with her or whatever I'm doing throughout the day, mm-hmm. scrolling through. And the woman who was saying, giving this list of things to do was saying, if you do this, if you get rid of people who don't really serve you, they don't post up good articles. They're not aligned with how you feel. They just frustrate you. If you mute those people mm-hmm. and then the people that you agree with and that you um, enjoy or that educate you, that's going to show up more and it's going to make your day better. And I, it's like four days ago I did it and I'm obsessed now. Every time I get on my phone, I'm like, mute, mute. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I love that. No, literally. Okay. This is, this is going to kind of sound stupid, but literally like a month ago I went through and I checked Donald Trump's Twitter. I mean, not Twitter, Instagram and everyone who I followed, who followed him, I have followed. Oh Yeah. Um, it was like a large amount of people. I was like, yikes. This, wow. I, I, well, I you know, they might be also just like, he's our president. And so they want to keep tabs on him. Yeah, yeah. I don't because I couldn't take it. I just couldn't take mm. it. I already have friends who send me screenshots of like some dumb thing the president says. And I'm like, yeah. just please don't. It ruins my day. Okay. But you know what happened since we, since we talked the, the first time he literally endorsed he endorsed something in the Oval Office, which, fun fact, is literally illegal. Like, if you're the president, you're not supposed to, like, do sponsorships or whatever while you're president because, like, that's, like, an unjust use of power or whatever. Mm. And literally posted all over social media about, like, a dealership with, like, some, like, bean brand. Like, I don't even know the name of it. Like, huh. literally, like, a food brand. I think it's, like, Goya or, like, G-O-Y-A. I don't know, but I was, it was, I just, no, I can't believe yeah. that. that I, do you happen. think there's any chance he'll get reelected? Um, I really hope not. Yeah. I, I really had thought even when I was in fifth grade, because that's the year he got elected. Yeah. I really thought there's like no chance he's going to win. I'm like, yeah. oh, thank God, you know, thank God that's not going to happen. And then. I was very disappointed. Yeah. My fifth grade self was not, not happy with that. But I really hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't either. I think that might set us back um, much farther than we need to be set back. Yeah. Have um, you been, have you watched anything on Netflix li- lately? Uh, not late. Oh, actually I did watch, um, with my mom, like Dave Chappelle did, like I, it, I wasn't, it wasn't really stand up, but he did stand up, like during right after the George Floyd stuff mm-hmm. happened, and it was, it was really, um, it was really awesome because he said like, one time he got pulled over, he got pulled over by the cops, yeah, and they were like trying to investigate him, and 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 the cop was like, "Are you Dave Chappelle?" and he was like, "Yeah." And then they just let him off, even though he was speeding. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, you should not have to be Dave Chappelle to not get killed by the cops. Right. And I was like, oh, that, like, oh, it just, it was really good. I forgot what it's called. Actually, I think it's called, like, like 8, 846. I think is, so, like, the too. the time yep. that George Floyd was, had, had a knee on his neck. Yep. Um, and it was... Yeah, it was really good. And I also watched, like, right when that stuff started happening in, in like, late May, I watched um, 13, I think it was what it was called, uh-huh. on Netflix, mm-hmm. which was also really good. 
Yeah. Yeah. That 13th, um, was amazing to me because that was the first time in my adult life. So you are 14 or 13, Mm -hmm. 14. 14. Oh, so 14 and I'm 48 and we are both probably both of us, or maybe just me, maybe you already knew this. I had no idea the reason that there were so many black people in jail. I just, I had no clue. I literally, you know, my name to my cute little three-year-old daughter, Lincoln, because I Uh thought Lincoln freed the slaves and that was a good thing. And then everything after that was a little bit hard, but why are we so behind for black people? That's literally what I was thinking. And watching the 13th and I, anybody who's listening to that, if you have not yet, it is so spoon fed to you, uh, interesting, like easy to digest about, you know, one in three black men in jail, one in 17 white men in jail. Why, you know, what's the reason. And then when you compare like, uh, you know, what crack cocaine is and then powder cocaine, and powder cocaine you saw is more of like a white person's little fancy mm-hmm. drug and you get a slap on the wrist for that right you write yep. a check you get a little $500 fine if you get caught with that but if you got caught with crack cocaine it's like a three strikes you're out offendable like it's a big deal and crack cocaine was what more poor black people used mm-hmm. am i saying all that right i think so i think so well, no, literally a social media like star whatever you want to call it him literally got caught with 56 grams of marijuana and was arrested like he was detained and then let off 56 grams and I saw people comparing it to a black man who was caught with five grams of marijuana and put in prison for 20 years so a white social media influencer can get caught with 56 grams of marijuana and the police are just like, meh, but they don't have the same, like, I just don't understand. I also, when I walked, I literally had no idea that prison, like, labor, like, the jobs they have in prison, mm-hmm. when you, like, make stuff or whatever, I had no idea that brands use that. Like, I did not know that brands literally have people, have, like, inmates make their products and then distribute them. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Like I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't have a problem with inmates working. I just want people who really need to be in jail to be making the clothes. I don't want like the average everyday Joe who should be out, you know, going, getting his degree or whatever, you know, driving Uber or being a CFO. I mean, just because you're a black person doesn't mean that you should have a, you know, high school to jail pipeline or whatever I forget what they call it but it's incredible and you know honestly Caprice between you and I the more that I dig into it the more I'm like I can't even believe that this country has come this far and we haven't had I can't even believe it's the white people that go into movie schools and shoot people up if I was a black person I would want to I would be so frustrated I I just I I don't get it how like we went so long without like obviously with the George Floyd stuff like there was no like not facing that like right. literally every, like it was just like such like a like prevalent like example of such like horrible injustice mm-hmm. that like there was no like not facing it so, oh but I, still peep girl still like, people want to yes. say oh well he, I, was, he was high at the time and, and like, 
but and I just can't believe we went so long with with like not like I can't believe like I I mean obviously have to take accountability for myself like personally and everybody I cannot believe we went so long without like talking about this kind of stuff yeah I don't understand either and I think when you when it's very simple to see when they talk about systematic racism or systemic Mm -hmm. racism that is in this country that we didn't have more movies being made by black people that would explain this that more white people didn't want to dig into this and explain it why I why isn't freaking Harvey Weinstein or whatever his name is a perverted (laughs) guy why didn't he make any of these movies for all of us to see or documentaries well, why? Why Harvey is Weinstein it... might just be a gross human? But yeah, I, I think I, you're right. Um, I mean, I have no room to talk. I literally, I'm looking at my Pulp Fiction poster that has his name at the bottom. So yeah, um, I don't have room to talk there. But I, I like it does make me so sad that people who have like a platform aren't using it to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know what I've been kind of going through today, and I haven't talked to anybody about it. I haven't even called your mom and talked to her about it, but (laughs) I've been having this like kind of depressed day because I feel like in some ways when I look at social media, people have gone back to like Margarita Mom or Day by the Pool or Oh, I'm Out on My Boat or Look at Me on My Bike Ride or whatever. And I just, I'm so many things I'm so frustrated I'm so confused I'm so angry I'm so at a loss for what to do and it's frustrating for me and I'm finding it hard to relate to other people who aren't feeling that way like where is where is the outrage yeah I'm not I get that the black people are outraged because I can see that but where is the white outrage I yeah I literally okay so like one day in June you post a black square and then like two days later you're back posting pictures of the beach with your friends and it's like how like I like okay well one thing is literally my closest friend was like right at the beginning of all this um like in the end of May when all this started to blow up literally my friend was like posting stuff on her story and stuff and I'm actually like happy to see that like a lot of it's it's a lot of girls at my school yeah um posting stuff about like black lives matter and like um there's just like there's like a few accounts um like this account called change on instagram that posts like a lot of amazing stuff like all day long Uh a lot of people repost their stuff and i'm happy to see that like it's like i'm not the only one posting um so but what made me so sad is so like my closest friend was like posting stuff about that and like all of her mom's friends literally full-grown adults who are like um co-workers or friends with her her mom who follow her on instagram literally were sliding up and like saying like don't post this or literally texting her mom and telling her like to tell to tell her own daughter to take that stuff down yeah so now she has to deal with like like five different adults like telling her mom to, for her to not post this stuff on her Instagram. It's like why does a like 14-year-old girl's Instagram who's just trying to educate people like really upset you that much? Like I don't understand. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of fear. And so 
a lot of the things that we've done in our country for the last 150 years have been based on fear. Like, oh, if they get some, then we won't have enough. Mm -hmm. And it's just, this is a very abundant country. There's no reason that we all can't have and uh, have access to equity, have houses, uh, access to healthcare and Mm -hmm. lending and homes and clothing. And I mean, we can, but we do this thing where when we're afraid, and I think that's how white supremacy gets started. Like I think white supremacy, like true white supremacy, like the neo-Nazi type people are really Mm -hmm. the poorest white people possible who are afraid. And they're basically like, you know what, if you don't hate that N word, then you're worse than the N word because you're poor and you're, uh, you know, you're, you don't have, you know, maybe you're a poor kid, but at least you're not a poor black kid. And I think that there's some kind of like, like nastiness that it's based on fear. Yeah. I think like, like some like people definitely do keep like they all, like the whole like sometimes I see like um on social media like women will talk about like feminism and like wanting equal rights and then men will just like get angry at them and it's like I just don't understand I don't get it either like what's I like I don't (laughs) I don't get it like like how could someone wanting equal rights whether with it's whether if it's with gender or with race like I do not understand how that could upset you like also the fact that we don't have it in the first place upsets me mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I think it definitely does start like I definitely could see it definitely makes sense that like the reason why people are racist is because that they are like they have this weird like power struggle like fear mm-hmm. that's like I don't know if it's taught by their parents or what but it's just not good I think Trevor Noah, maybe it was Trevor oh Noah. My God, that I, I love Trevor Noah. I do too. He's so darling. Have you read his book? No, but I did watch a lot of his stand-up comedy and he's yes. very funny. He's very funny. His book's really good because his book is funny, but it also talks about his childhood and his mother and, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and it's about a whole nother country who has problems too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a really interesting story, but he posted something today about how um, black children aren't seen by white America as black children. They're seen as little animals, essentially. Like, you know, you don't, you know, you, you take these 12 year olds who, you know, whether it's an accident or not because of police practices end up being executed Mm -hmm. or a 15 year old or an 18 year old. And you don't view them as somebody's black child or somebody's child. Whereas, you know, I have a 13 year old and I can't imagine her falling at the hands of a police officer. Yeah. You know, but it's almost like in some ways our society views black kids, not as children, but as animals. Yeah. Like the fact that people like also I like the fact that people have to be scared that they're like their kids like leaving the house and just mm-hmm. like going out doing normal things mm-hmm. that they are scared that they are going to die at the hands of a police officer is just so disturbing that some that's even like a thing you have to worry about yeah like i cannot imagine having to even 
like having to worry about something as simple as like walking down the street Mm -hmm. and the fact that people like the fact that people still are like are is that the fact that people are still killed simply because of the color of their skin in like today is like so like beyond me like the fact that that's like still acceptable I mean it's not acceptable but the fact that people still think it's acceptable is like so like so disturbing I can't even put it into words I think that oh go ahead like I just can't with the like I I can't with the fact that people were like okay well it was just an isolated incident and I'm like, yeah. um, no, it's not an isolated incident. Like, this stuff happens all the time and nobody talks about it. Right. Yeah, it does happen all the time. And I mean, it, you weren't even born yet. But I mean, in the in the 90s, we had Rodney King. It was mm-hmm. caught on tape. One of the first times it was caught on tape. And instead of saying, okay, we are going to have some outlier cops that are bad guys. Mm-hmm. And we are going to prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Mm-hmm. What do we do as a society? We sent them out to Simi Valley so that the racist old white people could let them go, essentially. And that's, it's not, to me, it's not the thing that happens that is the only problem. That is definitely a problem. Mm-hmm. And there is police uh, reform that needs to happen definitely. and uh, reshaping the way that we police and reshaping the way that we spend that money. So that we don't even have to police as much. Like if we have different systems in place or we have different um, programs in place for people, then, you know, maybe we're not dealing with as many people who have mental issues out on the street, right? Mm -hmm. So we do have to change our policing, but we also have to change our justice system. So when something does happen as a society, I feel like we have to come in and be like, no, that's not okay. And just so you know, if you act like this, you're going to go to jail and people in jail aren't going to treat cops so nice. So yeah, like, you go fact- ahead and enjoy that. Yeah. And like the fact that like, just because you work to like fight against people breaking the law does not, does not mean that you yourself cannot break the law. Right. Like, I just do not understand how also like the fact that someone would pursue a career in like, trying to get people to stop breaking the law and then break the law themselves right like doesn't like that doesn't even make sense that's a challenging one and then the fact that people like when everyone was like well like in like in like 2015 2016 black lives like the hashtag black lives matter was like like that's when that all started happening right Mm -hmm. and then when it got brought up again people were like well what about blue lives and it's like there is no such thing as a blue life you put on your cop uniform in the morning and you take it off at night. You can, you cannot take off being black in, at night and put it on in the morning. Like there is no not, if you're black, there's no not being yep. black. If you're a cop, you cannot. it's like a career. It's not, it's a it's choice. something you choose. Like, I don't mm. understand how people could be like, but like blue lives matter, but it's like a blue life doesn't exist because it's a choice. It's a career choice. Like, I, yeah, I don't understand. I definitely, I definitely agree with you there. And I do think that there are good cops, which I've said almost every podcast that it came up and I got the chance. I for sure have family that I think do a great job and friends I think that do a great job, but I do think that there's bad cops out there and I've seen, I think we've seen examples of it, but mm-hmm. 
I think as a society, when we say, oh, really? That's how that went down? Oh, and he says he didn't do it? Okay, well, that must be how it is. Obviously, there can be a he said, she said. So why has it taken? I mean, Michael Brown was killed in 2016, I think. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it was 2014. Why the fuck don't we have body cams on all the time, except for when you go to the bathroom? Why? That's hard for me to understand. The fact that the police just do not have the same accountability. Like, uh, yes, obviously not all cops are going out and killing people because of the color of their skin. But they are all fall under the same umbrella of people who can get away with doing what they want just because of their career. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, like, like you said, we definitely need to figure out how to not have like racism so so, like embedded in the system like the fact that like police badges you know like the little thing with the Mm -hmm. little spikes on the sides literally resembles almost exactly like this like the first ever what do you call um slave catcher yes the Mm -hmm. first ever law enforcement in Mm -hmm. america was slave catchers and their badges look almost identical to the modern day police badge Mm -hmm. And the fact that it is so rooted into our system in that way is so, so disturbing and why we need to like go back and fix mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So that we, you know, we need a clean sweep. We need a leader that would come in and just be like, here's the bottom line. We can all agree there's systemic racism. We can all agree that we need the justice system rebooted. Here is a, you know, a, a, a congressional committee that's going to work on this area and improve it. And start addressing some of these things that are going on in our society. And, 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 and I'm not saying it's got to be perfect tomorrow, mm-hmm. but at least admit it. Admit that that's yes. what's going on. Because how can we ever turn the page on something if we're just doing the same thing and doing the same yeah. thing? I mean, we've been doing the same thing since before you were born. I mean, way before you were born, obviously. But like when I think about Rodney King, that was college for me okay I'm getting ready to retire here in a few years and it's the same BS like we are just repeating history over and over again Mm -hmm. like a great example of someone of 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 a place or a country that like fixed that like they admitted that they did something wrong in history and they went back and was like okay we're gonna make sure this doesn't happen again literally I am literally Jewish and Germany literally teaches like elementary age children about the Holocaust in a way that teaches them that they that that Germany was the bad guys and that they messed up and that they're not going to do it again. Caprice, I love you. That is a perfect example. Yes, they literally they literally do it in a way that shows them like, okay, yeah, (laughs) definitely messed up. Definitely. Um, we're the we were the bad guys there and they teach them they teach they literally teach elementary age kids that that they were the bad guys and that that it's we can't do that again and And here we are we're still like bitching about oh you're taking down our confederate statues that's our history we don't want that i mean we uh, leave it in the history books sure i mean you can always google what our confederate people did but we don't have to have it on our campuses reminding people what their ancestors went through yeah like they literally lost like the confederate people lost like the civil war they lost 
they lost and they were fighting for something that was really heinous they mean they were they were fighting to keep people working for free under horrible conditions getting no education having no equity having no way to feed their children having no way to get health care that was horrible yes and so why we should applaud or have a statue for someone who was fighting for that in the first place you got me yeah and like the fact that like all of my so far all of my education like none of my history books have ever been like oh yeah um probably you know Christopher Columbus kind of discovered America but indigenous people were already here and then he like came and like raped and killed a bunch of them oh yeah I literally was not taught that at all like I was just taught that he was some awesome guy you know like I was not taught anything about how he was like actually a horrendous person. Oh, I remember my third grade class had like these felt things on the wall, felt silhouette of Christopher Columbus and how he, and then a felt silhouette uh, of the pilgrims and the Indians. And they Mm -hmm. were all sitting at a picnic table and they laid out the food. And that's, I mean, come on. And I really thought that. Yes. What a bunch of horseshit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and then, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think last time we talked, maybe we talked about Malcolm X. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And for me, what I had always learned was that, like, it was implied that Malcolm X was a bad guy. Now, I have to say, I can't blame my parents or my teachers for that. I was not the best at reading the history books or really even paying attention that much in school. It's taken me a while to, to have a yearning for education. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I always thought was that Malcolm X was a bad person, but if you watch or study anything about Malcolm X, Mm -hmm. my husband did like a, like his, um, a senior paper on Malcolm X. And he's like, no, that's not even what you think. Like he started out as kind of this scam artist, you know, he was sort of a low life. Mm-hmm. He went to jail. He met someone. He went through this period where he was all about just black power. Mm-hmm. And he was an incredible speaker, but he was about clean living and eating right and eating whole and exercise. And then he went uh, and had like this big voyage and came back and basically was like, no, I'm all about all the people. I'm mm-hmm. all about the betterment and the equality of all the people, not just the black people. And so he made this sort of full circle. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever watched the movie about him with nope. Denzel Washington? Nope. Super incredible. Now it's like a three hour commitment. It's super long, <laughs> but just nope. a really incredible story. And I didn't know anything about that. I always just thought he was like this bad guy and we were lucky that he didn't live. And now I'm like, I wish I, w- I wish he would have lived. Yeah. Well, like the fact that, I didn't know, like, obviously, you cannot tell all the gory, horrendous details of, like, how America got started and, you right. know, our history to, like, small children. Right. But, like, like the Germany example, like, there is a way to do it in a way that is, like, not traumatizing to small children. Sure. Like, I learned that slavery was started literally from people taking going to like sailing to Africa and just straight up taking people out of their own houses and separating families and literally just taking people from their own homes. Mm -hmm. Like I I did not, I learned about slavery in like elementary school, but I was never told that that's how that got started. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that we, you know, it's, it's a, it's a whole piece that we talk about the quote unquote uncomfortable conversation. These aren't your everyday fun conversations to have with your kids, but they're the truth. And we've learned, you know, through parenting over time, we've learned it's much easier and less shameful to be able to share your truth, talk about your truth, live in your truth. And I think that that's something as a society that we haven't done a great job with. I think we're coming around to it where we now see like, it's way better to just tell the truth and face the truth. I mean, like, yes, obviously there's only so much you only have. So you can only do so much like, because obviously you can teach your kid anything, but like for them to actually go through with it. And obviously it's always harder to see from someone else's perspective because like I am white passing, like both of my parents are half, latin different Mm -hmm. different types of latin and i am very much white looking Mm -hmm. but my two of my my other two triplets do not look white like me and i swear Mm -hmm. to god me and my older sister who also looks very white Mm -hmm. whenever we go through airport security we go through fine whatever and every time it's either one of my of uh, one of my siblings who do not who does not look white get stopped and patted down no matter what no matter if something goes off no matter what they always get stopped and me and my other white looking sibling don't isn't that interesting and it's like if I did not have siblings that looked like that then I would never know like it would hard it would be harder for me to like have that perspective right I literally see it right in front of my face so like yes parents like it's teaching their kids about this kind of stuff but it's like it's even crazy it's kind of like even if you're taught about this stuff it's hard to put your spell it's hard to put yourself in someone else's shoes mm-hmm. especially if you have like I would not know what it was like to step out on the street and be scared of getting killed by the police just because of my skin color and it's like hard to put yourself in that perspective because that's like something so like like out of left field for me mm-hmm. but the fact that like I have seen like that just because my siblings don't look white like me I've seen that kind of stuff it's just like so disturbing that people like that people have to deal with stuff that it's hard to put yourself in like people are so not willing to put themselves in other people's shoes that just because they don't see something every day like that or don't experience themselves they just like do not they choose not to believe that it happens mm-hmm. like it's kind of like the same thing with coronavirus like if it doesn't affect you and it and it doesn't affect people around you mm-hmm. you just like choose to believe that it does not it does, just doesn't exist like it doesn't happen what were we what were we talking about um like the fact that if people when people don't like are not affected by racism directly and right. like they don't see it they just like they they do not choose they choose not to like like they play it down because they have not experienced themselves or seen it mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to get caught up in your day-to-day and as just uh-huh. the way that we function pretty much in in any nation in this country or any nation on this world the way that we function is go 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 I don't I just don't know many like you know many places that it's not like that. And I think it's really easy to get caught up in what's best for me. And I know mm-hmm. I definitely have 
turn the other cheek, seen things, you know, I've seen things like not even just about black people about like what the, the, what, what, what is everyone calling her or what does she call herself? AOC? Mm -hmm. What does that stand for anyway? Um, her, it's her initials. Okay. So AOC, what she stood up and spoke about, I've experienced that my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like Men talking to me, saying things to me. I we have a video of my girlfriend at a protest a couple of weekends ago with this white guy that said those exact words to her over a bullhorn, <laughs> six inches from her face, and it's very commonplace. And yeah, we don't definitely. we don't even really bat an eye because it's like, eh, that's how it goes. It's too bad. That's you know. And I feel like really there's something called white guilt, and I definitely suffer for, from it <laughs> because. I feel like I spent a lot of time where I'd be like, oh, oh, was that another black boy who got killed on the news? Oh, that's too bad. Why does that keep happening? And then I'd get on with, you know, pulling the lasagna out of the oven, and doing <laughs> the dishes and all the other stuff that I do because I'm a busy person. Mm -hmm. But that's not a good enough excuse anymore because our society isn't functioning for all of us. And if it's yeah. not functioning for all of us, why should it be functioning for any of us? And that's yeah. why... Days like today, I'm just like, I'm so uh, about it. Like, I just am yeah. bummed with my fellow man right now. Yeah. I, I, I definitely feel that. Like, um, so much easier. Like, no matter what we're talking about, if, like, yeah, you, you see something horrible happening on the news. But the fact that it, it, you just go, uh, you're like, wow, that sucked. And then you go along with your everyday life. Yep. Because it's like, okay, well, you know, it happened on the news and that sucks, but, you know, got to keep doing the dishes. Yep. It's just like those, that kind of, like that kind of, I don't know, like mentality. It's like, yes, it's normal, but like the fact that it has been normalized for so long is just like, ugh. And the fact that I've also done this and you just said you've also done it is yes. just like, ugh. But honey, you're only 14, you know, it's okay. I don't know how guilty we can, I mean, I don't know. I might come over and put you in handcuffs. I mean, I, I don't know how bad you can feel at 14 for not, you know, living your life in a perfectly, you know, just way. Yeah. That's um, a good point. Yeah. You can't feel too bad about it. So how do your siblings feel about all this? Um, well, both of, well, okay, let me start over. They all agree that obviously this stuff has is horrible and they both have obviously like i said both experienced like uh racial profiling mm -hmm. obviously not such like an extreme case where you end up dead you know but they both they both experienced like um what's it, uh, racial profiling mm -hmm. so so like it's i feel like it was probably it was probably easier for them to like you know i feel like if you like 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 i was saying like if you've experienced something similar it's not that hard to like put yourself to put yourself in that other person's perspective but mm -hmm. they both agree they pretty much agree with me i mean i'm not sure if my brother agrees with me on everything but me and bianca are pretty much on the same level yeah yeah do you ever feel confused about what to do like what you know what you want the world to look like in 5 years and what you could do to get there yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm like, like, I just, 
like okay like a product I use or like something I buy often will be like oh I'll see something on like the internet being like oh the owner of that brand is like a horrible human being oh. who's like fully racist and I'm like oh oopsie daisy. yes yes oopsie daisy. um I yeah just, like I, I love Chick-fil-a and now I told my oh, husband yeah. we can't go to ra- <laughs> racist filet anymore yeah and they're like they um so everyone was on them about like being homophobic and then they like stopped donating to they stopped like giving their money to homophobic like i don't know com- other other homophobic companies and like a few months back they like announced that they were going to stop doing that and like just now like a few weeks ago they were exposed again for doing the same thing oh yeah and it's like i'm sometimes i'm just like morally i'm just like like I don't know which like I don't know what to do like I don't want to put like you know I don't want to put money in some horrible human being's pocket you know yeah and sometimes it's just hard to like know what and what not to do in that kind of sense where it's I know it's easy to see you know yeah. it is and I mean even I feel like there's been some uh, vilification of Black Lives Matter where people are like oh it's a racist or sorry it's a terrorist group or they're a Marxist group which what does that even mean and they're this and they're that and they say these negative things and it's hard to know because I I think at the end of the day for me like saying the words Black Lives Matter the truth is is that black faced people matter to me black lives matter to me Mm -hmm. and I believe it should matter to all of us and the reason that I am saying this over and over again and talking to you know 45 plus people on podcasts about this subject is because I think we should all be this upset and sad and fired up and and confused and angry and Mm -hmm. and and hungry for justice for these people because just because they're black doesn't mean that they don't have kids and they have feelings and they have you know they want to own home you know what I mean like the whole thing Mm -hmm. right so I guess I don't even know what I was talking about Caprice what is wrong with me (laughs) well okay (laughs) let me help help. like the fact that just the phrase black lives matter is controversial when literally just saying that a like that a race like a certain race of people's lives matter is controversial controversial is just like just is so showing to like the the kind of world we're living in that is such a good just point saying that a life matters yes like it just ma- like it's not even it literally just saying that it matters like it, it exists it's a thing it matters is like controversial is just like so disturbing the fact that people are just like oh yeah but what about like everybody and it's like yeah no kidding everybody matters but black people are being treated like they don't matter that's right. why that that's that's why that's a thing yeah like, I, I just oh. and I think the point I was trying to make before and thank you for covering for me with that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because that was really good I think the point that I'm trying to make is that um we what we do is when we're fearful of something when we're fearful of change or oh these these black people are speaking up you know mm-hmm. ooh it's could that mean change would that affect me negatively you know is that we vilify them and just like yeah. we do with with women you know like if you say oh feminist there's this kind of connotation where it's like oh she hates men mm-hmm. that's not true 
you know, feminism doesn't mean you hate men. I love men, but I am a feminist and I believe that women should have equal rights and be able to do what they want with their bodies and be able to say no and be able to get birth control, you Mm -hmm. know? So I, uh, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah. I, I like definitely like the media does not care about this kind of stuff unless it's negative. Like, there is still peaceful protests every day since late late May. Like, there is still protests every single day. And the media only cared when it was, like, violent mm-hmm. riots. Mm-hmm. Like, they only reported on that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you are not seeing, like, people in New York or people in California or people everywhere still peacefully protesting with their signs like on the news you only Mm -hmm. see stuff when like bad bad things happen so it's like how like it may like it makes sense i mean it doesn't it doesn't okay i do not want to justify people villainizing this but when the media is like so trying so much trying to like be like oh look at all this bad stuff and don't pay attention to any of the positive things that are coming out of this like it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't justify it, but it makes, they're, they're, what they're trying to get us to believe is that it is a, like a fully bad thing. Mm-hmm. And like you and said, it's with not. Feminism, like people, people think that like, oh, because you want equal rights for women, you just must hate every single, every single man on the planet. It's like, no, that is not like, I don't understand how someone could misconstrue wanting equal rights for 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 the genders like would mean that like that you hate everyone on the planet that is a man it's that fear piece again that you know that men who are raised by men who have been raised by men and you reach back you know however many hundreds of years that if a woman gets something that you know women used to be considered property if a woman starts getting something then it's going to be less for the men but the okay. world is so much better now than it ever was because women are amazing. Yeah. Women are smart. Women invent things. You know, women, I mean, there's just so many good things that come out of women being equal. And mm-hmm. um, I'm so glad. I mean, I, I'm so glad to see antiquated ways of thinking in many ways making progress. I think we've definitely seen, and I'm not, I'm not saying we've seen enough but we've definitely seen a lot of progress for um, LGBTQ plus. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I always, I, I always mess it up. I like, I'm like, I'm tiptoeing. It's a mouthful, but it, yeah. Well, okay. So like the thing about um, like it's, I was watching a podcast and the people who run the podcast are from Canada. Like they mm-hmm. are Canadians, they live there their whole life, and they're living there currently. And yeah. um, it's like um, a guy and a girl, and they're they've been like in they're in a long term relationship, uh-huh. and literally they were talking about like the differences between Canada and America. And the girl was like, in college, when I would get birth control, I would like pay a few dollars, and then like they give you the uh, the little like your healthcare provider gives you the little like receipt for how much it actually is. And like how much your healthcare is taking off of it. And she was like a hundred and she looked one time and she was like a hundred dollars. Like who pays a hundred dollars for birth control? Right. And like that, the fact that our, like 
our country is so behind from there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, yes, taxes in Canada are higher in, than in the United States because they get they get free health they get free healthcare or like almost free healthcare. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we like and again it goes back to like the thing that we're scared about change. And it's like I think I'd much rather pay more for the place I live and the taxes on the place that I live than not be able to get treated if I am in like a medical emergency. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that all that is super confusing to me and I'm just starting to I just saw something last night that my son had me watch about Canadian healthcare. And mm-hmm. um his that what he showed me was on the flip side that you had to wait a really long time to get an MRI or to um, have tests run and stuff like that because their system was so backed up. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a, that's a big problem, mm-hmm. you know, on both sides trying to yeah. figure out how to make that work properly. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like a complicated, definitely a complicated subject and it's kind of hard to make progress in something. So like, you know, with so many things, to consider mm-hmm. because it's like okay you know it'll be sick to have free health care but then like who is going to pay the people doing the things that you're right that, that you don't have to pay for but then mm-hmm. it's also like there's definitely like it's not just like one thing it's just like a whole thing of issues not just one single issue mm-hmm. so it would definitely would take someone who would know how to like navigate all those problems to fix this kind that kind of thing Right. That's why we need better people in charge, like you said. Yeah, we need better people that are in charge, but we need better people that are in charge that are, um, like, have the the best interests of humanity at heart. Because when you think about something, and you have to think about how is this going to affect people mm-hmm. generations down the road, because we are still dealing with how our forefathers behaved mm-hmm. seven generations ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, And so that wasn't just this whole slavery thing wasn't just a hiccup that happened seven Mm -hmm. generations ago. And now it's just all rainbows and unicorns. We're still dealing with the fallout from that. And it's affecting all of us, you know, and some of us more than others. And the bottom line is, is we really need to think about policy change, how we're going to handle things moving forward so that in seven generations, hopefully sooner, um, yeah. you know, we're not, and that, I mean, that goes to, you could talk about, that's a whole other thing. You could talk about climate change and yes, um, yeah, how we're treating our environment. And, and I think there's, there's some things that, um, need to be changed policy wise, wise, but then there also has to be like, I'm sitting in my, my, um, garage right now recording this and I'm looking at all the stuff that we have in here that I can just like tap into Amazon and order more when, you know, another toy, another, this, another plastic, that water bottles, the whole nine yards. And it's as, as a community, as a society, we need to start thinking about how, you know, what we're buying and and how that affects affects our environment. Yeah. I feel like there are almost like problems that like, like problems that you can't escape. Like Literally, I'm reading all about how Jeff Bezos is, like, almost, like, uh, like, I don't, like, so, so rich. And, like, why is there someone on the planet Earth that is so rich? Like, that's so not necessary when it only takes $20 billion to end homelessness in the United States. And Jeff Bezos has, that's literally, like, uh, one, 
one like trillionth of his whole of all of his money who is and jeff bezos he's the guy who runs amazon the ceo oh. of amazon. he's like the person on the whole planet so i'm like i'm reading all this stuff the shit him. that i learned from a 14 year old <laughs> jeff bezos well, no, so I'm reading all about him, like how it's super unnecessary to have someone that rich, especially if they're not doing anything with their money like Bill Gates does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I find myself two weeks later ordering stuff off Amazon and I'm like, I cannot escape. I cannot escape this problem. I and know. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, basically yeah. just a hypocrite. Yeah. I went yesterday, I was feeling a little out of control. And so I went yesterday in my closet and I'm like, okay, here's something I can control. I'm going to cull the clothes that I don't wear anymore. I promise you, I got rid of a third of my clothes Yeah, because I just, I don't need them. I don't wear them. You know, some one shirt, I love the pattern, but it's too scratchy. The other shirt, I, you know, it's too tight here and too loose in the neck, whatever. And I hold on to them because I actually bought them. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's something as a society, we really need to start thinking about, yeah. you know, how you live in because it's affecting so many things. Yeah. Like I see um, on social media and online in general, a lot of things about like fast fashion, mm-hmm. which, you know, do you know what that is? Yep. Yeah. So I am like, I, I'm once again, <laughs> a big hypocrite because I'm like reading all this stuff about it and I'm like, oh my God, no. Like, yeah. Who knew that $30 I gave to Urban Outfitters that one time was horrendous for the planet? Yes. <laughs> Oopsie daisies. Like, yeah. But like the, like the fact that it should not be that hard to just go buy a t-shirt and not neg- negatively affect the planet. Right. But it's, it is hard to do that. It does take some research. Yes. Yeah. And I wish it didn't. Like, I wish someone with, like, zero knowledge about that could just go buy a pair of jeans and just be like, okay, yeah, cool. Pair of jeans, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And, and not, like, the fact that when people buy things now, it's like, oh, God. <laughs> like, did I just commit some sort of, like, heinous crime against the universe? Because I just bought, like, $100 worth of clothes. Uh, so what do you that have to do workers like i don't i don't know so what do you do then do you go and like well, research so- who has sustainable uh working you know working wage or what do you do well so a lot of stuff comes out that like i'm not even looking for like a brand um with like really cheap clothes literally came out literally was selling a necklace with a swastika on it I kid you not, like, they weren't even trying to hide it. They literally named it Swastika Necklace, a literal store I had the app for. I had the app for that store. I was like, oh, my God, no thanks. Is it she? Was it Shein? Yes. Yeah, I heard about that. Okay, wow. wow. Oopsie daisies, accidentally own a bathing suit from them. (laughs) Oops. You know, and, like, the fact that I, like, I don't know, I don't. Like, I don't know how to solve this problem, but the fact that I'm just trying to buy a bathing suit somewhere and I'm right. giving money to an um, anti-Semitic, well, I don't, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Oops. But like yeah. the fact that I'm just trying to ba- buy a bathing suit and I'm accidentally giving money to racist people is 
very upsetting. I read though, and I mean, to their, not to their credit, but in their defense, I read that in a lot of other cultures, yeah, in other cultures, that means something about joy and that the Germans back in the day ruined it for everyone. And that there's, but how can you not know? I mean, that was a pretty, yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah, and I told my mom, and she was like, what the heck? Like, how can they get away with that? Literally, when I was a kid, if you were caught with Nazi memorabilia, you're it's literally a felony. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's, I don't really yeah. know if those laws are still around today, because I, I, like, I just don't understand. Like, it's like people with the Confederate flag. It's like, yeah. how can you not think that promotes bad things? Like, how can you not link that directly to racism Mm -hmm. and slavery? Like, I don't understand. Well, that's because a lot of us that are my age grew up with a show called The Dukes of Hazzard. Have you ever heard of it? No. And there were these two cute boys named Luke Duke and Bo Duke, and they were cousins, and they had a sexy cousin named Daisy Duke who wore Daisy Dukes. Oh, is that my name? Yes, girl. Wow. And they would run around. And they would get chased by this guy who was a police officer and they would foil him every time. And it was Mm -hmm. just like this cute shenanigans show that was on on Friday nights. And what it's what all kids watched, but they had the Dixie flag on top of their getaway car. And so none of us ever really thought that there was anything wrong with it until now we realize, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to like, um, take like to, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but to like question things that are so normalized. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, like this whole kind of like cancel culture, obviously not, not what we want because like people, okay. People who like should have a meaningful career are just, you know, being shot down for like something they did like 30 years ago. And it's like a whole thing. But yeah. obviously, like, if there's something, I feel like, like, for to me, if I saw, like, a huge problem with something that was so normalized, then it's almost scary to speak out about it because it's so normalized and so many people are, like, on board with it. Like, literally, people are still shopping at Sheen even though they know that they came out with a swastika necklace, you know? Yeah. And the fact that when something's so normalized, it's so, like, taboo to come out and question them mm-hmm. is just so, like, sad and disappointing. Yeah. I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand. And I agree. And, it, I mean, you can say that about the Confederate flag. You can say that about statues. You can say that about, you know, in some way, you know, there's some of my friends, like my girlfriend who lives here in town that's a black lady, she said that when she sees the American flag, it's really disturbing for her right now because she just feels like she can't buy in to that whole like equality for all because it hasn't been equality for her family. And, you know, she's tired. She's really, really tired, you know? And I think there, there's another thing that I wanted to talk to you about that I heard um, about in a, like kind of a work setting. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can apply this to the classroom. You could apply this to like an NCL meeting or, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a black woman that um, is working with predominantly white folks. Yeah. And something okay. came up that was kind of a microaggression. Mm-hmm. And um, 
she feels like she's always the one that has to, you know, either send an email to the boss or raise her hand and say, Hey, you know, that's not, I'm not okay with that. And how exhausting that is to always be the person who kind of a has sort of like a little target on your back or B, you know, you just don't always like confrontation's hard, right? Yeah. Like no one's standing up for her. Right. And so at some point her, you know, her counterparts, also started standing up and speaking up for her, not because they're black people, but because they're humans who care about other humans and how comforting that was to her. And I think that's like, it's such a metaphor for what people want right now. They just want other people to go, Hey, I see you. You matter. I care. I'm not afraid to stand up. Um, and it's not okay. And you don't have to fight this by yourself. You've already, you and your family have already been fighting this for years and years and years. And it's okay it's not that it's okay, but I see it and I'm going to stand up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I totally get with like the, the, like the whole, like, I, like, I don't, I don't really know what like led up, but like on 4th of July, I was just like, mm, I'm going to pass this year. Like, I was mm-hmm. just like, it's really not the time to be patriotic to me. Yeah. Like, it's really not the time to be like, oh my God, yay, I live in the U.S. right now. You know? Right. And then I'm like. Like, people are talking, like, all this, like, crap on social media about how, like, like, how we should celebrate what country we're in. And then I go on my Instagram, and I just see, like, 1,500 girls on my feed in American flag um, bathing suits. And I'm like, um, I don't really know if that's the right thing to do right now. Yeah. But. Well, you know what? I mean, I think America, um. America like prides itself on being like, we're great. We're the number one country. We're this, we're that. Uh Well, we've never been the best in education. We've always had low numbers with education. Yes. Um, There is a lot of great things about our country and I am proud to live here. I'm not up for like, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to go move to Africa or I'm going to go move somewhere else. I don't feel that way. But as a citizen, I do feel like I have the right to say, hey, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. And this is my country and I want it to be better. So yeah, how can I like, like just democracy basically? Right. How can I go down to the city and speak? Or how can I write a write a letter or um you know do something that's gonna make a difference? Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Definitely. Like I just it's like like Fin Finland? Yeah. Finland mm-hmm. is like the happiest country. Like they have the happiest people and like I don't understand what's with like weird like perpetuated stereotypes on America about how like we think we're the best Mm -hmm. like I just don't get that like I like okay yeah our people have freedom like that's what 4th of July is about but like lots of other countries have freedom like just because we're not like North Korea where like you're not allowed to like talk bad about the people in charge doesn't mean we're the greatest country ever no <laughs> yeah and there's like, nothing wrong with wanting to improve I mean that I don't yeah. think that that's an, an insulting thing at all and I clearly like I don't know sometimes I see the things in this modern society where I'm like why why clearly we have a problem with mm-hmm. police uh excessive force why don't we have body cams I just it's like it blows my mind like how can this still be a problem? How can it be a problem since back when Rodney King got beaten? Yeah. 
Because they, yeah, I mean, like, yes, it was the 90s, but they also could still, like, just because the, maybe the quality on the camera wouldn't be as great as it would be now, does not mean we still couldn't have had, like, some sort of... Something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 1,000%. Okay, my love. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, You know, I think we covered all the bases. (laughs) I was thinking we should have, we should start a separate podcast and call it getting schooled by a 14 year old. <laughs> Wouldn't I, that be good? I, um, yes, but I promise you, I cannot school you that, that often or that, but fun. it would be, it would be kind of fun because we could have like an episode a week where you're like, okay, Diana, let's talk like about the difference between our, like what we were taught uh-huh. and like the contrasts and you know and how we see things Mm -hmm. it'd be fun if we started it while you were a 14 year old and then we did it till like you were like went to college it would be fun (laughs) to see the growth in both of us you know yeah oh well I love you sweetheart thank you for talking to me today yes thank you for letting me talk yeah for sure we'll have to do it again soon Mm -hmm. okay Dawn I'll talk to you soon love you too bye